Hello and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2-5 Christian Talk. Living the Christian life isn't always easy and can be confusing. Join me now while we talk about a biblical perspective of Christian life and how to live it out in an ever-changing world. I'm your host Mark Kublank and this is Christian Talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2-5 Christian Talk. This is your host, Mark Kublank, and I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, like it on whatever podcast app you listen to it on, and give us some feedback that'll really help us out. So today's topic is in John 15 verses 1 through 14 where Jesus makes the statement, I am the true vine. So we're going to get started on that in just a second, but first we're going to have a word from the Puritans. O God of my exodus, great was the joy of Israel's sons when Egypt died upon the shore. Far greater the joy when the Redeemer's foe lay crushed in the dust. Jesus strides forth as the victor, conqueror of death, hell, and all opposing might. He bursts the bands of death, tramples the powers of darkness down, and lives forever. He, my gracious surety, apprehended for the payment of my death, comes forth from the prison house of the grave, free and triumphant over sin, Satan, and death. Show me herein the proof that his vicarious offering is accepted, that the claims of justice are satisfied, that the devil's scepter is shivered, that his wrongful throne is leveled. Give me the assurance that in Christ I died, in him I rose, in his life I lived, In his victory I triumph, in his ascension I shall be glorified. Adorable Redeemer, thou who was lifted up on a cross, are ascended to the highest heaven. You who as man of sorrows was crowned with thorns, are now as Lord of life, wreathed in glory, once no shame more deep than yours. No agony more bitter, no death more cruel. Now no exaltation more high, no life more glorious, no advocate more effective. You are in the triumph car, leading captive your enemies behind you. What more could be done than you have done? Your death is my life, your resurrection my peace, your ascension my hope, your prayers, my comfort. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into our study. This is the last of the seven I am statements that Jesus makes in the book of John. And then we're going to be moving on from here. I'm really excited that we got to do this series so that we can see who Jesus is, not only through who other people say he is, but who did Jesus himself say he was. We're going to go ahead and get started. This is 
John, the 15th chapter, and we're going to be doing verses 1 through 14. So I'm going to go ahead and read that real quick, and then we'll get going on our study. I am once again reading out of the ESV. Verse 1 starts, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do what I command you. All right, so let's go ahead and get started with verse one, where Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Here, Jesus is using language that uh, everybody in the audience who is the remaining 11 disciples can understand. The care of grapevines would have been well known to all the disciples. Grapes were a major part of Jewish life, and he refers to the Father as the vine dresser. The vine dresser is the caretaker of the vine. So this is a necessary component in the life of the vine. With, without the vine dresser, the vines would just grow wild and kind of be shabby. They've got to be cared for. So in verse two, Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. What does this mean when it says that he takes away branches that are not bearing fruit? So when we look at that, what we see by that is here he's referring to people that play with the idea of Jesus, but never truly believe. This is the dead wood not receiving life from the vine. This is very similar to the parable of the soils, which I'm going to go ahead and read that for you real quick. It's in Luke 8 verses 4 through 15. Now I'm not going to read the entire thing. I'm going to paraphrase some of it, but let's go ahead and take a look at that. Okay, so in verses 4 through 8, Jesus is telling the parable to the people. 
and he's talking about a sower went out to sow seed and some of the seed fell on the footpath and was trampled some fell on rocks and grew up but it didn't have any soil so it died right away some fell among thorns and it grew up and the weeds choked it out and some fell in good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold so the part that we're going to look at that is going to go with verse 2 where it's talking about some branches wither and die and get thrown away and burn and some bear fruit is the explanation that he gives to the disciples so we're going to go ahead and start in verse 10 to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God but for others they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand now the parable is this the seed is the word of God the ones along the path are those who have heard then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved the ones on the rock are those who when they hear the word receive it with joy but these have no root they believe for a while and in time of testing fall away and for what fell among the thorns they are those who hear but as they go on their way they are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature as for that in the good soil they are those who hearing the word hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience so there you can see a parallel between that parable and the reference to the vine that Jesus is making here. So the branches that don't bear fruit are useless and they get cut off and thrown into the fire and burned. However, those that do bear fruit get pruned. That pruning is the removing of things that interfere with fruit bearing and spiritual growth. Okay, these are things that are done supernaturally through God's will and God's divine decree. This even includes divine discipline. So if you find yourself kind of straying off the path and then something happens, whatever it happens to be, and it brings you right back into line, that's divine discipline. God, if he didn't care about you, he wouldn't discipline you. Just like a good parent that cares about their children will discipline their children. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to verses 3 through 5. Starting in verse 3, it says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me i am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing to abide which is a word we really don't use that too much anymore i don't think but the word abide means to remain or stay those who abide or remain in Christ, who is the vine, are the branches. And these branches receive life and nourishment from the vine and is able then to produce fruit. 
but all of the nourishment has to come from the vine. A branch cannot on its own produce fruit or even live for that matter. So what is this fruit that is being produced? And what we see is it's the continuing service and obedience to Jesus' teaching. It is evident for others to see. So this is the fruit. It's not necessarily a worldly reward type fruit, but it is service and obedience and others can see it. And that's the fruit that we bear as true believers. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and move on to verse six, where Jesus says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. What he is referring to here is anyone not abiding in Christ are like dead branches and are gathered, removed from the field, and thrown into the fire and burned. And this is in relation to the kingdom of heaven. What this seems to indicate is the judgment and eternal condemnation of non-believers or false believers. All right, so at this point, we're gonna take a short break and we will be right back to continue with our study. This episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk is brought to you by Keto Campers, where we're living the ketogenic lifestyle by eating a high-fat, low-carb diet and keeping our bodies healthy. Connect with us now on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Keto Campers, or email us at ketocampers at gmail.com. Hello and welcome back to Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk and let's dive right into the rest of our study. Here we're going to take a look at verses 7 through 10. So verse 7 begins, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So what we see here is that Jesus is saying that true believers remain in and are obedient to God's word and his will. And then he says something that's, I think, commonly misunderstood, where he says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This statement is conditional. It's not ask whatever you wish. Dear Lord, let me win the lottery so I can have a hundred billion dollars. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about here. When in prayer, believers who are producing fruit will only ask for things that are in line with the word and the will of God. Thus, God will be glorified by this. So in verses nine and 10, we are to use Jesus' example of love and obedience to the Father as an example of what our relationship to Jesus should be like. This is accomplished by keeping Jesus' commandments. 
So when we move on to verse 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Here Jesus is talking about joy. Now, I think it's important to point out the difference between joy and happiness because they're not the same thing. Happiness is something that is in the moment. It's for a short period of time. Joy, however, when you revel in the joy of the Lord or your children bring you joy, that is something that is lasting, it endures, it goes on, it's not something that's fleeting in a moment. Joy is long-lasting. Jesus' joy in serving the Father is the same joy we will have by serving Him. Jesus understands the joy of serving God, and He wants us to understand the joy of serving Him as God. In verse 12, we see where Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So here, what Jesus is doing is he is repeating the command that he gave in John 13, verses 34 through 35. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at that real quick. Okay, so we're flashing back to back in the upper room, and Jesus is talking to the disciples and says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So in verse 12 of chapter 15, he is repeating this commandment once again, emphasizing the importance of what he's saying. So in verse 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Commonly, we look at this and we're like, well, he's, he's saying that we have to die for our friends. Well, that's not all he's saying, and that's not necessarily the entire message. Here, Jesus is giving an example of what love looks like. He's not just talking, okay, if you want to prove that you really like your friends, go out and die for them. That's not what he's saying. He's saying other things also. Here he means sacrificial giving and service toward one another is what he wants, even if that includes laying down your life. Sacrificial giving and service is the point he's trying to make, and that goes up to and including laying down your life. Laying down your life is not the only service that we're looking at here. So in verse 14, which is going to bring us to the end of our section for today, Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. Here, Jesus is referring to the disciples and ultimately to all true believers as his friends, indicating the laying down of his life. Okay, in verse 13, we saw where Jesus says, No greater love than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. In the very next verse, he's saying, You are my friends if you do what I command. 
So he is basically referring back to what was previously said in verse 13, that no greater love than laying down your life. And then he's going down and saying, you're my friends. And so I am going to do this act of love. The other thing we see is Abraham was also called a friend of God. And that's important because when he's telling the disciples about friends, they would be thinking back to when this was stated, which is in Second Chronicles. But what we're going to look at is where it is talked about in the book of James in chapter 2, verse 23. So let's go ahead and turn there and we'll read that real quick. So James chapter 2, verse 23 says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. So that's going to end our study for this week. I have really enjoyed this time that we've spent in the I am statements of Jesus in the book of John. And so now we're going to talk about Christian life and some of the difficulties and also joys of living a Christian life in our modern day and age. And what we're going to look at next time is in John 15, we're just about going to pick up right where we left off. So we're going to look at John 15 verse 18 through chapter 16 and the beginning of verse 4. The topic that we're going to talk about is the world will hate you. And we're going to take a look at that and dive into it and see what exactly does that mean. I would like to encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends, like it, subscribe to it, leave some feedback. You can contact us at Galatians 2 v 5 at gmail.com we're on instagram at galatians 25 that's just the number 25 galatians 25 christian talk and we're on facebook at galatians 25 now that one is spelled out t-w-o-f-i-v-e And we would really love to hear any comments or questions or whatever you might have. And we're going to go ahead and end our study like we usually do. We're going to go into Psalm 119 verses 65 through 72. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, and now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. All right, so that ends the reading from Psalms. I want to thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk. This is your host, Mark Kublang, and may God richly bless you.